Agetvach, everybody. So let me tell you, Misa, you know, they, they say a story that there was a particular wedding that was going to take place, and everyone was super excited about this wedding. You know, for the usual reasons, the chasen is a beautiful thing, it's a beautiful occasion, but this wedding in particular was very special because the Balshamtev was going to be Masada Kedushin. Balshamtev somehow knew the family, knew the chasen or the kal, and so on, he was going to be Masada Kedushin. Now, the way chasen has worked, uh, you know, in the old country was that it was, they were usually done outside and usually by a river, and the whole town was invited. Everyone was invited, come one, come more. And so it came the day of the chasana, the whole town is there, everyone's super excited, outside, it's beautiful, and they're waiting in anticipation for the Baal Shem Tev and his entourage to come, we'll see them, it's unbelievable covet for them, for the whole town, unbelievable sight. And finally, the Baal Shem Tev arrives, and the chasna begins, the music plays, and the chuppah, the procession of the chuppah is, is underway, and everyone's amazing, it's just an unbelievable sight. And meanwhile, the Baal Shem Tev is standing under the chuppah, you know, going through the, uh, the process of the chasna. And then all of a sudden, there's a wagon that's just passing by, just passing by, because again, it was outside by the river, and there's a, a wagon passing by. And all of a sudden, a person in that wagon, you know, sticks his head out, just like rubbernecking, sort of, you know, to see what's going on, you know, just to watch the chasen a little bit. Meanwhile, the Balshantav under the chuppah takes notice of that person in the wagon, turns to the chasen account and says, you know, excuse me, just I have to take care of something, one minute. You know the chasen, he stops the chasen like that, runs to the wagon, says something to the person in the wagon, like for 30 seconds. And the wagon goes on, the Baal Shem Tev comes back and continues on with the wedding. Now all the chassidim, all the talmidim Baal Shem that were there were shocked by this, that, you know, uh, not only to interrupt the mitzvah, but not just any mitzvah, to interrupt the chasna, clearly it must be that that person in that wagon that the Baal Shem Tev wanted to speak to in the middle of the wedding, it must be that person was one of the 36 hidden tzaddikim, must be an unbelievably great tzaddik, and so the chassid and the tamid of Hashem decide that they want to find this person to get a bracha from him, to get hadracha, to get guidance in Avadis Hashem, to connect themselves to another tzaddik. It'll be a great thing. And so they wait till after the chasen is over, and uh, they start, uh, you know, going, going around the town, different blocks, different areas, trying to find that wagon. I guess they noticed the license plate or something, you know, and they're trying to find that wagon. But it's, uh, they can't find it at all. One day goes by, another day goes by, a few days go by, they're circling, again, the area, they're taking walks and, you know, uh, you know rides around the area. They, they can't find that wagon. Nope. About a week or two later, these chassidim happen to be traveling in a neighboring town, and they're passing by a particular house, and they see that wagon, that wagon that they saw by the chassid, the Balshamtev spoke to the person in that wagon, they see that wagon in this particular house in the driveway. So they get out, they knock on the door, and the person opens the door, uh, you know, a regular looking Jew, and the chassidim ask him, you know, sorry to bother you, but is that your wagon outside? And he says, yeah, that's my wagon. And they say, let me ask you a question, were you in this in this town about a week or so ago? And he's thinking to himself, in that town, he's not recalling, and they said it was by a chassidim. Did you, did you, was there a chassidim, was there a, like about a week ago, there was a chassidim in that town and you passed by? And the Baal Shem Tev came to talk to you. And he said, and jogs his memory. He says, yeah, 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 that was me. That was me. So the, the person, does the chassidim say to the person, they say, give us a bracha. 
So he gave a bracha to I'm a regular guy. He said, no, no, no. If the Balshantiv was willing to stop a chas and to go speak to you, clearly you're not a regular person. Give us a bracha. He says, I'm telling you, I'm just a regular yid. I'm a nobody. You don't want a bracha from me. So then they start pestering. They say, okay, so if you're a regular person, then what's your deal? What's your story? Why would the Balshantiv stop a chas? And what did he tell you? So then he begins to blush a little bit and he says, yeah, I'd rather not talk about it. Chassim say, listen, we've been looking for you for a week. We're not leaving until we hear the story. What's going on? Who are you? What were you doing there? What did the Baal Shem to say to you? What's going on? So he says like this, okay, you know, if you must know, here's the story. He said, you know, they were by the, his front door. He says, you see that house across the street? He says, yeah. He said, that's, you know, a neighbor of mine from across the street. And we're, we're good acquaintances. We're friendly neighbors to each other. We can't say we're the best of friends, but uh, we get along nicely. And you should know it happens to be with this neighbor, with that person across the street, the way he, his business runs is that he's away from home on business for about three or four months out of the year. And he makes whatever money he makes on those trips. And then he comes back, and the money that he brings back, that's what, how he supports the family for the rest of the year. So it happens to be, he says to the chassidim, that a couple weeks ago, I was at home, just like a day like today, I was at home, and it happens to be the day where my neighbor came back after a few months uh, working. And I'm seeing this from my front uh, porch, or you know, from my window, and I see that the neighbor came home and he has this big sack of all the money that he made over his trip, you know, I guess it had like a big dollar sign on it or something like that. So he has this big uh, sack of all the money that he made and he's going to use it to support his family. And I notice, and I'm very proud for him, Baruch Hashem, and I see, though, that he takes the big bag, the big sack, and he puts it on his front porch, and then he walks into his house. And I was thinking to myself, clearly, obviously, he's going to, you know, in a minute or two, maybe he just wanted to put his stuff away or whatever, he's going to come back and take the money inside. But I was thinking to myself, how irresponsible is that? That's so irresponsible. What if someone were to come and take the money right now? And then all of his parnasa for the whole year is completely lost. What is he going to do then? And I was thinking to myself that just like, Someone should teach him a lesson. Someone should teach him a lesson. Like, you have to take care of your things. Uh, you have to be more responsible. So I said to myself, that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm not going to steal it. I'm not trying to steal it. I'm just going to take it for a couple minutes to scare him. I'm just going to scare him. And then he's going to come out. He's going to get all nervous. And then I'm going to give it back to him and say, you know what? You know, here's your money. Obviously, I didn't take a penny. But just, you know, just to teach you a lesson about, you know, maybe with someone else, not me. Maybe it would be a real gun. If you lose your money, you should take care of your things more with more responsibility. That's what I planned on doing. So that's what I did. I went over. I ran across the street, took the bag, brought it into my house. And I'm waiting to, a couple minutes to return it. Meanwhile, I hear, when I, when I go into my house, I hear automatically, I hear screaming. Mom is screaming. What happened? I turn around and I see that my neighbor is in his front, you know, went out to his front porch and he's yelling and screaming, Aganif, Aganif, someone stole my money. And meanwhile, his wife hears him screaming. So his wife comes out and she says, you know, Yanka, what's wrong? And he says, someone took the money, all the money. I, I, I worked so hard for three months to support our family. Someone took it, what's going to be? And now meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, the person says to the chassidim, I, I was planning on just, you know, facing the husband. Now I'm facing the wife also. But in the meantime, in the meantime, other neighbors are hearing the commotion. And now other neighbors come. And he says to the other neighbors, someone took, someone took the money. And now all the neighbors are getting together. They're now creating like uh, shifts to go search the neighborhood. It's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. And then people are starting to accuse each other. You know, when I was there, I saw that there was someone uh, looked suspicious down the block. It, it, it was getting wild. So he said to himself, you know what? 
let me hold on to the money overnight. Things will calm down. And then tomorrow morning, quietly, I'll go return the money. This was a bad idea, and it's, it, it just blew up in my face. So let me just wait for things to calm down. So the next morning, he says, I went to shul. And on my way to shul, I see posters up. I see signs up. You know, uh, if seen, please return this bag of money. There's a, a, there's a reward. The, the, the whole community got together to make a reward for anyone that finds it. I go to shul. That's all everyone is talking about. And it, beca- it gets to a point, he says to the chassidim, that I was becoming paranoid. I was walking down the block, and anyone that sees me and says, good morning, good afternoon, I'm thinking to myself, does he know? Is he thinking that I'm the guy? Really, do they know? And I'm beginning to, to suspect everyone that, that they're suspecting me. I, I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't function. It got to a point where he said to himself, you know what? I think I'm just going to have to move. I think I'm just going to have to move. I can't live in this neighborhood anymore. I'm becoming so paranoid. No one knows about it. His wife doesn't know why he's not uh, eating well and he's not sleeping well and he's not acting like himself. No one knows his secret. And everyone is accusing everyone else. Everyone is being suspected of stealing this money. And I know it's me, but I, I, I can't function. So I decided, let me just, one day I just decided, let me get in my wagon, just, and just to go, just to get out of town, to, just to clear my mind, before I make any rash decisions of picking up my family and moving, without being able to explain to them why, let me just clear my head, uh, be able to make a more clear decision. So that's what he did, that's what he says he does, he gets into his wagon, and he's traveling, he doesn't know where he's going, left, right, just random. And he ends up, he finds himself in this, in this shtetl that he never was before, one of the surrounding shtetlach, that he happens to notice. There's a huge uh, chasna going on. So he's passing by, and he's, like I said before, rubberneck, and he's just watching the, the commotion, watching the chasna. And meanwhile, the Masada Kedushin, he notices, all of a sudden makes eye contact with him. And the person says, and with this rabbi made eye contact with me, I almost I, I, froze. There was something magnetic about his eyes. And he comes, approaches me, and he says something to me. And what he said to me completely changed my life. And so the chassidim are now waiting. So what did the Balshanta say? He said, the Balshanta just came to me. He didn't ask who I am. He didn't ask the story, what am I doing here? All he said was one simple sentence. He said, it's not too late. It's not too late. Whatever you think you can't fix, it's not too late. And with that, he went back. I was so overtaken by those simple words, it's not too late. And I said to myself, Maybe it's not too late. Maybe I could talk and fix it. What am I really worried about, you know? This whole thing was just my simple mistake. And it could simply be fixed by returning the money. And then everything goes back to normal. And those simple words of the Baal Shem, just like it, it, it cut through all the clouds and all the confusion. It's not too late. And so I went back to town. And I mustered all my str- I gathered all my strength together to face my neighbor. And I was expecting, listen, I'm going to admit what I did. He's going to punch me in the face. He's going to call the cops. But you know what? It's the right thing to do. I have no choice. It's a simple solution. This is what I'm going to do. And what happened is I went there. I started crying. I took the money out. I explained what I did and how terrible of a mistake it was. And instead of punching me and yelling at me and calling the cops, he gave me a hug. And he said, thank you so much for returning it. You have no idea what type of pressure is now being alleviated off of me by having this money back. And the person's thinking how much pressure is being alleviated off of his own back by returning the money. And Shalom Yisrael. It's never too late. Those words of the Baal Shantav have to have to be heard by us. Very, more often than not, the minias, the obstacles that we see between us and the people we have to be, are just illusions. They're just, they're just clouds of the mind. And we have to just 
be able to hear those words of the Baal Shem cutting through all that confusion and darkness and getting to the truth, which is just be misak and just fix, correct it, it's not too late. And those corrections that we know we have to make in our lives, just to focus on that and with the strength of the Baal Shem and the strength of the Tzaddikim to be able to, to, to get that, to get to that place and to get to that place of, of correctiveness and truth and clarity and to become the people that we know we have to become, Bez Hashem, we will become. So Hashem should bless each and every one of us with a week of Nachas, of Simcha and Bracha, and a week of Gula, Biesko, Tzedek, Mherevi, Menor.